Welcome back to Forbidden Cinema. I'm Zach. I'm Jenny. And we are going deeper on Body of Evidence. And come on, babe. I have not had so much fun recording an episode <laughs> as I have had with this one. This one this- is a ton of fun. I do think that maybe you scared people a little bit with the dis- the little predisclosure and the use of the word genitalia. I'm sorry. I feel like you, you had friends a- and family texting you to uh, let you know that they were let off by the... <laughs> the episode or that they no, continued they, on they thought and- it was funny they thought they thought it was funny i think you i think junk just say junk just like, junk people people like understand what you're saying and they're like okay it's cool it's cash genitalia feels like very clinical <laughs> <laughs> so so if if you were if you were scared go back it's just junk we're just talking about junk don't yeah there's 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 no like slot a slot b kind of shit no it, it's relax it's just balls <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> I do think that one of my favorite podcasters kind of had a treatise on the penis mm-hmm. and basically the social contract that one thin layer of fabric and it's completely fine that, uh, you know, it is hidden away and gone, but like remove that less than a millimeter of fabric and the entire zip code is involved. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. It, 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 has a large impact, uh, whether it realizes <laughs> That's it or what she not. said? Sorry. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so getting, <laughs> getting into it, I guess. I don't know. I guess. I always ask you if you have any unfinished thoughts, and you always say, no, just get on with it, you loser. And no, you are the master of the deep dive. I could know – there's no way I could even begin to, to research to the level that you do, so take it away. Okay. Um uh, so I wrote uh, Razzies and Reviews. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Madonna has won seven Grammys, nine VMAs, two Golden Globes, and she has won nine Razzies. Nine Razzies. Nine wow. Razzies, yes. I Including can't even think the- of nine movies. Did she win for multiple categories in the same movies? She won the uh, 2000 Awards for the Worst Actress of the Century. Oh, wow. That's harsh. I'm going to get up on a little bit of a soapbox here. She's not the worst actress of the century by any stretch. The Razzies are not the worst actor or the worst actress, the worst movie. They're the most fashionable to hate upon at the time. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. It's it's very it's very jump on a bandwagon. They think they're being cute. They think that they're they're into the zeitgeist and they're going to exploit it. I totally agree with that. I would argue, though, that many, many, many publications and, you know, it, it's very Gatsby-like to want to be fashionable at the time. And Of course. I mean, if you read A Clockwork Orange, what is like every, every chapter starts with, we were dressed. As was fashionable at the time, and we, right. know, it, it always. So, but yeah, I, I, I'm I'm gonna take a little umbrage with the Razzies here. So anybody that's involved in creating the Razzies, come to Nashville and we'll fight. And y'all, y'all wish you were Madonna, okay? <laughs> like she, she. I think the Razzies is a pay for vote thing too. Which okay, guys, then that means that's totally skewed. It's not. It's non biased. It's didn't it start in someone's living room like just a bunch of douchebags. Like I think let's so. like I let's think like so. think we're better than everybody else and tell everybody who sucks, even though we don't create anything creatively anyway. I don't. know. I love the concept of punishing bad art, but punishing low art because it is low or because it is fashionable. I'm a little 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 upset about that. 
Yeah, I think that's that's a big claim. The worst actress of the century. That being said, this movie was not great, but boy, it was so much fun to watch. It was a ton of fun, and it was like three quarters great. It was. It was. I it, found just a couple of tweaks, and it would have been fantastic. Or it would have been like, hey, that's great. Like it, <laughs> maybe not fantastic. Maybe that's a an overstate. This film on Rotten Tomatoes holds a eight percent. That's that seems ridiculous to me. Eight uh, percent. Entertainment Weekly is the the oldest review I can find. It says it's a solid C. Yeah, absolutely. But that's well, that's it, Rotten Tomatoes are is it good or not? And only eight percent of reviews say it's good. So Rotten Tomatoes is a different score that it, it's not eight percent as in eight percent. Like out of a hundred. Out of a hundred, it's eight percent of reviewers said it's good. But Which even, I think is only one review. <laughs> <laughs> but even then, I still feel like that's not doesn't line up with a C. But if but also Rotten Tomatoes is retro. Like Rotten Tomatoes can't be accurate on a movie that was not available to be rated on Rotten Tomatoes in its contemporary seeing. Probably, probably. Because people have a lot of bias and jade on things past. You know, either they love it heavily and nostalgically or they hate it and they're going to punish it as such like you were saying so i don't think that you can retroactively rotten tomato something i mean we have david denby from new york magazine said this movie makes basic instinct look like a masterpiece i'm gonna throw out there basic instinct is a masterpiece of a of a genre of a type of a style i I really kind of think it is i agree and the one newsweek actually gave this a positive review I don't it think is, it deserves a bad review. It is. Body of evidence won't be remembered for classic plotting or brilliant legal gambits, but give it its due, it holds one's attention. Absolutely. Did it we holds not your say attention. there like, at one point that 40 minutes in, I was writing like, you're not writing any notes? Yeah, it definitely holds your attention. It it does, it does doesn't stay smart. It, maybe it's not the smartest thriller. It's more of the erotic versus the thriller, but that's what the 90s were for. There's a ton of these. They can't all be number one. Um, you know, everybody's kind of throwing their hat in in this genre, and it's not terrible. And it, it misses on some things. Yeah. But that being said, it is so watchable, and there are good movies that aren't very watchable. Yeah, there's there are movies that I wouldn't want to watch again. I'd probably watch this again. I mean, I know the twist now, but it takes a little bit away, and maybe you're a little bit of a weirdo watching it again because of, you know, how... I mean, you just watch some of the female pleasure stuff and just have a good time. That's all right. <laughs> I mean, that's not what I'm talking about. But it was an enjoyable movie, and yeah, there are plenty of movies that are highly reviewed that are boring. <laughs> I mean, maybe it says something about me, but I think the thing that I've watched the most in my life is probably the video of the guy hitting the watermelon full of gasoline and exploding in his face. <laughs> and probably number two is either UHF or Monty Python's Quest for the Holy Grail. So I'm, I'm not, you know, I mean, we go to ballets, we go to art music, we, we believe in experimental and extraordinary theater, but when it comes right down to it, for thousands of years, the basest nature has captivated man. Yeah. They just you you stick with what you know it's what's comfortable and honestly probably what makes you laugh. So you want to go next into where was Madonna at the time or Willem Dafoe's dick? Um, let's. I'm not even gonna say let's ease into Willem Dafoe's dick. That sounds really dirty. <laughs> um, let's see what Madonna's doing. Um, I was completely wrong. Like a prayer was 
89? Okay. That is way earlier than I would have thought it would have been. Um, I don't know. I All of that kind of melds together in, in terms of her, her bodies of work, like pre-early 90s, because that's really when I we would have had, I would have had the autonomy to mm-hmm. to get it ourselves yes. versus it just being there and kind of not really accessible. So in the months between this and um, A League of Their Own, mm-hmm. She released Erotica. She went on the Girly Show World Tour, and she released the Sex Book. That's a lot. That's that's a hell that's of a, a lot year. of Madonna, literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, Erotica was kind of critically meh. I actually watched the video for Erotica. Are you familiar with it? I think so. Yeah. It was played only after midnight on MTV. Oh, wow. Yes, yes. The song doesn't resonate with me at all. I I looked at there was five singles from the album. None of them really resonated with me as Madonna bangers. I can't even... What what were the... Did you... Did you pay attention to that? What the singles were? From? I, I did, but I didn't know any of them, so I didn't write them down. <laughs> That's okay. We can, so, we, we, we can keep with your with your uh, talk talk for a moment, and I'll I'll find them for you. Well, I mean, you got to think about Madonna's longevity. I mean, hitting the the scene, you know, in the early slash mid eighties, and just the way her sound has changed by the nineties. You know, way her look has changed. You know, kind of not this this like punk bopper anymore. She's really fully fleshed out truly into who she wants to be and, and kind of the waves she really wants to make. I, I kind of feel like you know, everybody wants to talk about Lady Gaga um, being very Madonna-like, but I almost feel like is Katy Perry more of a lady of a Madonna with like the I kissed a girl kind of like, let's see what people think about this. Let's see. And then we then you get to the opportunity to really kind of push into into what your actual sound and, and I'm, genre is. I'm going to throw this out there. I think a lot of people for a lot of years have said that Ozzy Osbourne was just kind of doing Alice Cooper and that Alice Cooper was just or that uh, Marilyn Manson was just sort of doing Ozzy Osbourne and Alice Cooper. Mm hmm. I feel like the true successors to the Ozzy Osbournes, the Alice Coopers, that shock rock of the world are Katy Perry, Lady Gaga, Kesha. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm completely off. I don't think – I think that stage show is – Yeah. No, I, I agree with it. It's 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 not just the music. It's not just what they wear. It's not just what they say. It's this, you know, this whole big package persona and performance. I, I agree. It, it's – it's low art at its best. It's it's a guino. It is just, it's it's a sex and death play. I, I don't know. I mean, Lady Gaga has done a lot in that space, and, and yes, she's a, an Italian woman um, from New York. Uh, you know, blonde, and and so there's a lot of similarities there. And I I, I really think that her versatility musically is far you know exceeded what Madonna's been able to do. Um, you know, as a musician, I feel like Lady Gaga is a much superior musician. Oh yeah, I mean she plays an instrument. So when she plays like, an instrument, I think her voice is better. It's you know, Madonna had a sound and you know, very stylized. Like Lady Gaga is like a vocalist, mm-hmm. truly. Um, but there would be none without Madonna. So like, will there homage. ever be a bigger star? For a time than her, though. I mean, maybe Michael Jackson. 
maybe uh, help me out here. I mean, maybe Cary Grant, Spencer. It's Tracy, so different. I mean, uh, she really because she bridged the gap of of you know eighties, nineties, two thousands when you know people had more accessibility. Like, just she was everywhere. Um, you know, you where, could find her on records. You could find her on CDs. You could find her on the internet. And that's I mean, yeah. is there anybody who's had? I mean, star of stage and screen. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, she's. I mean, she hasn't won an Oscar, but she definitely made you know some film splashes and performing at the Oscars. And like you said, tons like Golden Globes, VMAs. Um, you know, all and, and so there's. I think you'd be hard pressed for a while. You know, there. Like I said the other day, I was. Um, Will a, Smith might be a bigger star. The Rock might be a bigger star. But we'll see how long that lasts. I guess. I mean, I was doing a workshop the other day, and I don't want to say kid. I mean, it's a guy in college, but he's wearing a Nirvana t-shirt, hmm. and we're like talking about it, and he doesn't know who Nirvana is. He doesn't know her Kurt, who Kurt Cobain is. Oh my god. He doesn't know who Dave Grohl is. He doesn't know who the Foo Fighters are, and like having to kind of find some point of reference for him to understand like this, this shirt that he just bought at Target that he thought looked cool. But I'm pretty sure he knew, he probably knows who Madonna is. Gotcha. So I, I feel like we'll be, it'll be a while before her light truly goes out. I feel like Will Smith. I feel like we might, we might get there with Will Smith as to somebody who is truly, you know, crossed boundaries and, and, and been a generational star. Possibly. But I think that he, he kind of made his choice. Like how we had we haven't had any music from Will Smith in a while. Like he kind of music, 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 little like movie, music, music, movie, and then movie, movie, movie. Madonna's really truly stayed kind of back forth, back forth. She hasn't yeah, done movies point, in a little point. bit, but she really, even when she was truly uh, becoming a movie star, she was very much um, still you know the ingrained in her music, like to just really round out her, you know, her talents. Random guess: When is her last Golden Globe? Mm. I mean, so that Golden Globe that you're also asking me to remember what awards are for. I know, I know. Golden um, Globes are a film award, the Hollywood Foreign Press. Her last one, I mean, I would think would be Evita. Actually, that was her first. Oh, her first, okay. Yeah, her second was from We in 2011. I'm not familiar with it's that. It's a at film all. kind of about a modern affair and about uh, King somebody in somewhere in hmm. England having an affair, like. I don't know. I think it might have been like the, one of the pre kind of Elizabeth things that okay. happened. So no, I'm not familiar with that at all. Well, yeah. great. That's, you know, see that even kind of proves a little bit more. What I'm she saying. has some state. Yeah. She didn't, didn't, didn't really get any sort of film anything until much, much later in her career. And deservedly so for Evita. Evita is until Chicago, the greatest film musical of all time mm-hmm. beats all of the Rogers and Hammerstein beats every, every classic. No, Evita is, was, was the best musical of all time. Chicago now, so you know, <laughs> it just will be forever. It, it will never be un, unthroned. <laughs> um, the article or the the album Erotica uh, was okay. So I have the singles okay. Erotica, mm-hmm. Deeper and Deeper, okay, Bad Girl, hmm. Fever. Oh, like like a remake of Fever, like a yes, it is a redo uh, of Fever. Okay, okay. Uh, rain, maybe remember rain and bye bye baby. I don't. Yeah, those don't hit really. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, it, it, sorry it's, for it's, wasted airspace, guys. That those don't resonate. 
I mean, Fever, I remember, but I don't even really remember her rendition of Fever. Mm -hmm. It uh, was double platinum, but it was her first album in quite a while not to make it to number one. I mean, you can't be number one all the time. It made it not to a high, she's not a Highlander. It made it to number two. Mm-hmm. Garth Brooks was up there with The Chase. His fourth album beat her by 4,000 copies the first week. Both, <laughs> like, so you're, really, you're going to come out with your new album. You're going to come out against Garth Brooks in 1992. I mean, <laughs> 90s fights, country <laughs> is – we live in the South, 90s country – comes on hard like yeah. there are people that are still gonna live and die by 90s country right now it was madonna's first album with a parental advisory that could have had a lot to do with it is mm. that is that because that's when parental advisories came out y- yes and no okay so a, a, a little column a, a little column b okay so but yes there, there had been earlier albums of hers probably would have ended up with one had they been around but uh but yeah so um the sex book. Mm-hmm. What do you know about the sex book? Does it occupy? It, I don't think it occupies the space in your brain that it occupies in mine. No, it doesn't. I I know that it existed. I remember seeing some clips. I feel like there was like a video, you know, a documentary maybe. The erotica around video it. has shots of like her and Vanilla I, Ice on the street. And, and did, did, did we mention that Vanilla freaking Ice? Like, there's shots of like him with. His hand down her underwear, <laughs> like in 1992. That is a thing. Naomi Campbell is in the book, but like, is Warren Beatty in the documentary? He is not. Oh, I, oh, he might be in the documentary. I've seen something. It's it's shot in black and white, and it's them together because they were together. I think for a little bit um, around Dick Tracy, which we've been talking about, um, and him just kind of, kind of calling her on her shit and kind of who she is, like a little bit. More directly than I think that um, what's it, Guy Ritchie does, and <laughs> oh, a little bit more subtly. Um, well, it's not really subtle, but like it's not like saying this my Madonna, my wife is this person, and you know. But I remember seeing. I don't know where that's from, and I don't know if that came along with the book. I, kind of in my brain, I've connected those two together. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so Vanity Fair. She was actually in Vanity Fair promoting the book. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic little photo shoot slash article. Oh, she looks like Bridget Bardot. Isn't it great? I don't think I realized because I think we saw uh, Demi Moore topless in Vanity Fair earlier. Now, like, mm-hmm. I don't think I realized there were this many topless people in Vanity Fair. I might have been like sneaking a look at Vanity Fair <laughs> when I was. If I didn't know right, that. if you'd known. I mean, we have a subscription to Vanity Fair now uh, as a result of the podcast. I don't think I've seen any naked people in them. But It might just be a thing in the 90s. Could An be. advertisement for picket fences. Picket fences. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but uh, so anyway, this book, I mean, I think it's probably from inter- Why was I watching so much entertainment tonight? I don't know. I feel like I was constantly watching entertainment tonight and like, it was always just showing, like, who's the Playboy Centerfold this month with the little film reels over the bits. Or talking about, like, Naked Shakespeare and Central Park. Or talking about Madonna's sex book. and I don't know. Showing, I mean, like, censored pictures of her hitchhiking in, in some random neighborhood completely naked. <laughs> and, like, what? that book, I mean, it came shrink-wrapped and vacuum-sealed. So it was, like, 
like sucked out, like completely shrink wrapped. Uh-huh. I remember seeing that thing on shelves at Barnes and Noble. <laughs> I remember being on youth trip to Gatlinburg and seeing that thing. Youth trip to Gatlinburg. There was one that somebody actually pulled the plastic wrap off of. The cover's aluminum. That's cool. I mean, I don't. I, I'm trying to think of some way of saying just like glowing electric sex. <laughs> or you know? Well, we are just coming off of the Christmas season. We are, and that is are. the description of the leg lamp. <laughs> um, I mean, this thing. It felt like you could melt ice with it. I mean, <laughs> you I, probably could. You probably. I don't know. It's just. It really is. And I had not thought about it in so many years until we started this podcast. But man, for that moment, that was the most forbidden treasure of all time. <laughs> I mean, did your parents talk about it, or no. you just knew? Just I just knew from just... I was I was I was becoming culturally aware enough. Mm-hmm. I was a dorky kid who frequented bookstores, and it was there, everywhere, mm-hmm. every time. Hundreds of copies. <laughs> you could touch it, but you couldn't take it home, and and it was shrink wrapped, so you couldn't. Right. You know, you couldn't peruse it. And the one time I saw one not shrink wrapped, you know, it was it was on a youth trip. So there, there's no there's yeah. no sneaking up. No, you know. not gonna take that risk. No, no, not gonna happen. You know, you don't want to be that kid on the youth trip who gets sent <laughs> home for looking at the sex book. <laughs> it would have been a big deal about it because it was you. It would it would have been totally. F- expected from like some friend somebody who brought a friend you know that like wasn't really a part of the youth group but mm. you it, it would have made it would have been a huge scandal it would have been they made headline like, news that's yeah. that's the sex book guy for the rest of your life like that that's just who you are <laughs> um so we talked about vanilla ice is in it there's a lot of same sex stuff in it bondage 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 really um her with a straight razor shaving a guy's pubes um, Seems dangerous. Some some butt stuff. It is like it's they're 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 going for it. They're going for it. Um, what is the purpose? Like, what is the treatise of this book? I feel like it is a um, women like sex. Okay. And I like sex. Women and- like sex. I like sex. And I want to show you all the ways that I like sex, and we all that. Everyone likes sex. I mean, I think here we can we can flip through some of it. I've downloaded it from our local public library. <laughs> this is one of the most sought after out of print books ever published. How is it out of print? It was in print for about five years and is no longer in print. That's and, it. I know. Five years. Yeah. yeah. That makes so me it's, think it's of poetry. It's art. I mean. I'll teach you how to is in the erotica video. It doesn't uh, include the. Gotcha. Th- this weirdly makes me think of. So like when I was in college, I had a like a work uh, scholarship job in the library. So like I had to do research on a lot of like ISBNs for books, mm-hmm. like, you know, and how to and ordering them and things like that. I don't know why that makes me think of it, like researching, finding out if something was out of print or not. Mm. But. So. I mean, I think it's kinkier than I thought it was going to be when I was 13. I would not have been able to handle this when it was. Oh, this is a lot. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's, I'm just curious, like, who is this for? I mean, like, biting a guy's nipple ring. We've got guy stuff. We've got shoe stuff, licking stuff. We've got, it's. But who is it for? Whips and knives and. 
Because people who are into this, they're, I mean, they may be excited by it, but they like don't need an, they don't need a book. Um, people who are terrified of this aren't going to touch it. People who are, I mean, there's people who are like relatively curious, but yeah, who, who is it for? I mean, I would, I guess I would say Madonna doesn't do anything except for Madonna potentially, but I would say it's a coffee table book for people who would like to be edgy or be seen by their peers as being kind of libertine. Okay. I don't know. Do you have a better idea? Uh, No, that seems about right because it's, yeah, it's just, I mean, who kept around the Abercrombie and Fitch catalog in, in 1999? I feel like it's the same, it's the same person. Ah uh, no, I don't think that's the you don't same think person. So? No, I think this is way Abercrombie and Finch. I mean, this this page does say my pussy has nine lives. <laughs> that's hilarious. I love <laughs> that's it. That's pretty good. Um, no, I think someone who keeps the Abercrombie and Fitch catalog is like I shop from Abercrombie and Fitch. Like, yes, this is like hot people too. It's you know, just came to me and and but I got this catalog because I shop there. I mean, Isabella Rossellini. I love Isabella Rossellini. Can't even say it. <laughs> Vanilla Ice. Oh, are you kidding me? I'm first like flipping through this thing and like, wait a minute. I recognize those stripes on that head. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is he not? Why is he not building a pool? You know. <laughs> why is he not adding neon somewhere? I mean, the goofy grin on his face with his hand down her pants is, yeah. Like he he should, doesn't look like he doesn't look like he was. He was like, "Do I really? Are we really doing this today?" Like I thought we were. I thought we were hanging out. Like, like, why doesn't he have a tattoo of an angel with a with a machine gun? It's too early for that. Yeah. I mean, it is. It is something. It is definitely something. It's a lot. I mean, that image I of remember, her hitchhiking. I, rem- the, I remember that. That, that is yeah. a striking image. Yeah. But yeah, so um, the movie or the book was sort of critically meh to panned at the time thinking that maybe she was just trying to provoke and being too provocative that's kind of what it it looks like to me it doesn't look i mean the photos are great but the photos don't look that artistic they're only a few that i would think are like truly like editorial Mm -hmm. um the rest just kind of seem like fuck for fuck's sake i mean <laughs> I, I think today this entire period is seen as you know looking back erotica the retrospective reviews of erotica and of sex are that it is maybe the first and boldest post-feminist work ever on that scale that's fine and i'm not trying to like i totally down you know i'm down like do what you want to do be who you want to be whatever um but, yeah, I mean, I, I think that she she was more, she ignited more ire than many people. And she was just really like, throwing more and more onto that. And so I wonder sometimes when people do that, um, it's the way I feel about emo people. Mm-hmm. Um, do they really like what they're doing? Or are they just doing it because it affects someone else so i just wonder I about that think like some of the criticism i wrote that kind of the first concept of post-feminism is how do we scare and offend without harming 
And I feel like this this absolutely does that. This is ultimately harmless, but it mm-hmm. definitely prodded and poked at some people. For sure. For sure it did. But it, it wasn't so – it's like people who wanted to see it went and got it. People who – there are plenty of people, I guess, that are just, you know, whatevered by the existence of something. We've definitely experienced that. Um, but, but yeah, I just wonder like how, I just wonder in general, not just about Madonna specifically, um, but sometimes when people push this direction, like, do they enjoy, are they like sharing truly their passion? Are they sharing truly like what they, they see as their, their path in the world? Or are they being defined by the anti? I've, I've always, I'm always a little skeptical of that Mm. because i think if you're defined by the anti then are you really that revolutionary i would just uh say hold on to that thought that the uh, the vatican issued a press release saying that the book is morally intolerable uh the baptist sunday school board we actually uh, know several people who Mm -hmm. to this day work there yeah uh re-examined their printing contracts apparently there are are donnelly their printer uh, that they used to print their Bibles also printed the sex book, and they felt <laughs> that there was now a stain on the uh, on the printing press. <laughs> it's gonna get Madonna all over it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is there a way to tell Madonna that she's doing a good job than to get someone a Bible printer upset <laughs> that 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 filth is being printed on the same presses as their Bible? Is there a better way to teach her? Like, you're doing exactly what you're trying to do. <laughs> good job, lady. <laughs> like we don't approve of it but uh but and the fact that we don't approve of it makes is exactly what you're trying to do oh i think that's even bigger than don't approve it's like we, we just we, we have to like your 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 stanks all over it like your your filthy women's women's uh enjoyment of sex has completely ruined our bible like these printing presses are corrupt <laughs> you know? Like we can't have something that says women enjoy sex and the Bible printed on the in the same building, you know. <laughs> well, that's a whole other thing. Yes, uh, in the U.S., this sold one hundred and fifty thousand copies on its first day. Okay. Five hundred thousand the first week. In the U.K., one hundred thousand copies the first day. Eighty thousand copies the first fifty minutes it was available. That seems right. Mm-hmm. It seems like definitely like, oh my gosh, I have to get my hand on this, hands on this, see what this is, what it's about. But it sounds like it was only in print for five years. It waned quickly. Yeah. Uh, the highest first month sales for a book in France, and it held that record for over 10 years. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, 23,000 copies sold in Paris city limits in one hour. I wonder how that compares to Carrie Bradshaw's book being released in France. But... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Japan heavily edited, still sold 150,000 units the first day. How do you edit this book? I, I, mean, I think you'd probably just put some blurry stuff some over lines or, over everything. I mean, there's there's some there's some comics in the end, and you could just put some thought bubbles or something over over things. Uh, second bestseller of the year probably wouldn't have been the bestseller most years in the 90s, but this is the year of the uh, Andrew Morton's Diana. Oh, okay. The, the biography of, mm-hmm. of Princess Diana. So, yeah, most most, uh, most pre Harry Potter years, this would have been the bestseller of the year. So, some people were interested in this. I mean, it it, it looks interesting, um, but yeah, like it did not have. I, it wasn't in my zeitgeist in the same way that it was for yours. Oh man, I, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. 
<laughs> I would almost say it's a little, it's a little like, it, it wasn't a letdown. When I first pulled it up, I was like, oh man, like I would not have been able to handle that. <laughs> but yeah, but it, it definitely, it, it doesn't, some of the ire that was directed at it seems a little hyperbolic. As most things are. That's true. All right, so to Willem Dafoe's dick. <laughs> On we go. All right. Uh, came from a interview in Elle magazine of Lars von Trier. You have any? The name is familiar. He does very provocative NC-17 rated films, um, I believe, uh, um, Into the Void. I don't know if you're familiar with that. He did. He directed Charlotte Gainsborough and, and Willem Dafoe in Antichrist. I think that was. Okay. Uh, um I feel like maybe uh, one of the Transformers guy that kind of went crazy. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. I think he might have been in one. Uh, I think uh, something with, I don't know. There, there was one that was like told in reverse order with Monica Bellucci from in the the Wolf movie. And it, it's super gross and I don't want to ever watch it again. Okay. And yeah. He has Got it. A lot of. A lot of real sex in his movies, a lot of close-ups on genitals. They're, they're still quote-unquote art house movies, but they're somewhat pornographic. Mm-hmm. But they used a, a dick double for, for Willem Dafoe. In his movie? In his movie, yes. Did that give him props or no? Um, well, he said why, and they used a dick double. Um, well, first of all, Elle magazine, a bi-weekly New York magazine for like 15 years that's now defunct. Bi-weekly magazines, I love. I love free bi-weekly publications. We have our Nashville scene here. What, L? Like, like the letter L, not like oh, E-L-L-E. Oh, okay. I was like, wait, no, L I is... I mean, you wrote for our local, uh, our yeah. county's magazine there yeah. for, for a couple of years. I love free weeklies or free quarterlies or free monthlies. I just, that That's my kind of journalism. But when asked why they used a dick double, he said because um, Wills was too big. Everybody got very confused when they saw it. <laughs> you don't want that. <laughs> no, no, good large. or bad. No, you don't want people to be confused. Yes, like yes. I think you want you want a, you want a definite act. Like you know, you don't want maybes. You there want yes. Lot, you want yeses or nos. But maybes and confused are not good. There for was anything. lots of dicks in that Madonna book, and never once was I confused. <laughs> sometimes I was threatened. Sometimes I was aroused. Sometimes I was, you know. But I was never like, huh? Like I'm not like, <laughs> like I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> is, is that an elephant? I don't know. What's the <laughs> But through the magic of the internet, mm-hmm. um, there actually is footage of Willem Dafoe's dick. So um, buckle in, people. Apparently, I, that's not what I it's signed an up early for. Movie, the Dance of the Sphinx and something. A mustachioed Willem Dafoe. Mustachioed. That's a little bit even more distracting, honestly, than than what's <laughs> happening here. There's a lot of strange dancing that's happening. It's it's very like. I would say it's respectable. I'd say it's yeah. above average. I would not say. That uh, it's confusing. It's not confusing. I know what it is. There's some confusing things happening in this. Right. Clip. I'm more confused <laughs> by clip. like the swim and <laughs> like I, I don't know what uh, is happening from a dance standpoint. But well, but then I mean, not not we have photographic evidence. It is not confusingly large. No, but also too. And uh, 
Y'all, I don't I wanna I don't wanna get like weird on this, but there's a whole concept of like what growing and showing. Mm. Um and that seems like That's showing that's pretty well. showing that's showing a lot. That's showing without it being um yeah, with with without it having purpose, <laughs> does that work? So I could see how maybe if it is directed in a certain direction, it, it could be like frightening, startling. <laughs> if that is, if if that's it at rest, <laughs> then bodies maybe, at rest in motion. Then maybe maybe okay, but it it does not look good doing the swim i i will definitively say i'm confused by by 60s dance moves with naked will and defoe with a mustache i don't know why i have i don't even remember who it was maybe you'll remember but we were watching some sort of a documentary or something it, it was some sort of a sex positive something but mm-hmm. the 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 big thing that she said was that uh, when you're on your knees every dick is enormous <laughs> and frightening yeah that that rings a bell, but I don't remember who said it or what. And so, yeah, like the, the guys basically have the worst angle on their own junk. That, <laughs> uh, that it, it can't look smaller than looking down at it from like three feet up. That's just like the worst angle. Sorry. Like just re- rest assured, guys, <laughs> like from from like a 30 percent incline. It, it, it's terrifying. <laughs> I don't remember who said that, but I do remember that being a thing. All right, so we are moving on. Um, the writer of this movie, uh, Brad, I can't even read my handwriting, Brad Merman, Brad Myrna, something like that. Um, Brad Merman. Okay. I don't have all that much to say about him, except he did, um, he wrote six movies starring Christophe Lambert. Oh, man. Out of 13 times he's written. So some of them are like TV scripts, some of them are TV, but like six of his theatrically released films are Christophe Lambert. That's specific. His first film, uh, Night Moves. I don't know if you've ever even heard of that. I've heard of the song. No, this is an erotic thriller about a chess master who is uh, in kind of a... I see a theme. Yes, yes. <laughs> so a chess erotic thriller. Okay. Night moves with K N I G H T. Cute. Which I remember catching 16, 17 years old, late night cable, and like, whoo, hot under the collar. <laughs> so, <laughs> this was his second film. Body of Evidence is his yes. second film. Okay. We have discussed, we didn't, we have not reviewed, but we have discussed his third film on this podcast. What's that? Highlander 3, The Final Dimension. Uh, well, <laughs> the one he, with the 16 minutes of steamy European sex sticker Right. On I it. mean, well, he had, like, if there's, is is Christoph Lambert in significantly more than six movies? I mean, if there are six theatrical movies that this guy wrote, of course there had to be a Highlander in there. <laughs> There's no way there's not. Oh, Christoph Lambert is in way more action movies that you've never heard of, way more sci-fi movies that you've never heard of, and way more softcore movies that you've never heard of. So he's got a pretty long and storied career. Storied, yes. <laughs> Um, how old are the old balls guys that she is preying upon? Probably devastatingly young. Um, 55. Franklin Gella is 55. Madonna is 35. It's not that. We know people that are in committed relationships with lots of children that are about that age gap. Yeah, they are. Um, it's not like the kind of, you know, like, ew, how gross. <laughs> no, no. Like, new guys in the corner puking his guts out. <laughs> I mean, Andrew Marsh, 
the the dead guy the dead guy so michael forrest mm-hmm. a long and storied career he was in most of roger corman's movies oh okay i mean i'm looking at this and then for the last three quarters of his life was basically every video game every Jip, uh, Japanese animation. Sorry, I wouldn't say Japanimation. I'm I'm that old. I'm that old. <laughs> I say Japanimation instead of anime. But he was a voice actor for decades. Really, and he didn't get even to say anything in this movie. <laughs> Not a single thing. But yeah, but he uh, he was 63. So 35 to 63 is almost 30 years. You could you could make an argument that that's a bit of a I don't know, but just like. like like, oh, oh my goodness, he's so old and gross. There's no way that she could have been interested in him except for his $8 million. Um, how old's Brad Pitt? Um, how old is... I mean, like, I'm thinking of 63-year-olds. Like, right. I mean, right now, like, I'm sure there are plenty of super hot guys that are 63. Now, 63 in 1990-something is not 63 that it is now. Oh, my goodness, it is not. I mean, how old is uh, Clooney now? Oh, I don't know. Um, we're doing active research. I know. Clooney's 60. Okay. So we're that, that's about the age we are. We're, we're, we're the Clooney-esque, which he's an older man. Yeah, but he doesn't honestly, like... The little glimpse of the guy that we got, I and mean, we got him. He's supposed to be dead, so that's not. He's not in his best light, but he didn't look bad um, in the movie that I, I remember. Mean, Josh Brolin is fifty three, so he's getting up there. Um, I mean, I don't know. It, yeah, that's. I feel like the the sixty three being old and gross. It's not old and gross. No. Elliot Gould is eighty three. <laughs> Elliot Gould still looks great. I mean, what did I say about Eugene Levy of, of the other day? I was like, yowza, you know. Like how old is Eugene Levy? He's, I think he's almost 80. Um, and he looks he looks better than he's looked ever <laughs> right now. Eugene Levy is 75. I mean. And he looks amazing. If, I don't know what his what his marital situation is like, but if you were to say... I don't even know who 35-year-olds are anymore. Like, we, we, we discussed that when we were trying to cast <laughs> um, Indecent Proposal. Like, th- I have no idea. Right. But, yeah, if you were to say, like, uh, what, what's the Jennifer? Not Jennifer Garner, but the other one. The one from the Bill Engvall show. Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. If you were to say she and Eugene Levy were together, I'd be like, that's a little old, but okay. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to think, like, <laughs> I don't know. Jeff Goldblum is 65. Jeff Goldblum is 60. So, I mean, not... Denzel Washington is 62. Michael Keaton is 66. Jeff Bridges is 68. Oh, Keaton's having a renaissance, too. Kevin Costner is 62. Richard Gere is 68. I mean, these are like... These are still attractive men. Hard hitters. Um, yeah. Now I just moved to an article that's not telling me as succinctly um, as I would like. But I, I think that... That's a good example right there. I mean, Jeff Goldblum is 65 years old, <laughs> and he's hot. So I have uh, Oregon acupuncture licensure. Okay. Um, actually, you have to be a licensed physician to be an acupuncturist. Really? I'm a little bit shocked by that. I know. I, I would have assumed you could go to some fly-by-night acupuncture school and you know get your certification in, in two months on the internet or something. I, I, I would think that – I would think somewhere in between – 
hmm. personally. Um, like just because, an associate's degree or, or a bachelor's or I don't know. This is a – you have to have a full-on doctorate. I am shocked by that. I mean, there's needles mm-hmm. and, and things like that. I mean, it's not just – I know it's not just like, let's read a book and let's figure out where we need to put needles. Like you need to appropriately know how to administer needles. So- oh, you have to be an MD, a uh, a doctor of uh, osteopathy or a doctor of oriental medicine. I'm not sure if I'm okay with oriental medicine. Still yeah, that thing. seems very... Uh, <laughs> that seems a little... Uh, unwoke. Yeah. But I mean, changing laws is hard. So <laughs> you got to be careful with what you write in. Um. So, yes. So, he actually was a doctor. Okay. So. Creep, creepy, creepy dude. So, Dr. Creep. So. Dr. Creep, did you did you look into who who he is? I didn't look into him at all. No, Because I know I recognize him for being, like, creepy AF. Um, Let's put an edit point here at 45. And you want to look him up? and Or you want me to look him up? Um, I've got the movie pulled up. Okay. Well... I clicked on it. It's thinking. Okay, so we're back. We have, we are looking up Dr. Creep to see if we can figure out who in the world he is. He's not on the top cast, so that's a that's a problem. He's the bad guy in Adventures in Babysitting. Are you frigging kidding me? That's where I like one of the places I definitely know him. Oh, outlaw Josie Wales. Um, okay, okay. Yeah, Carnosaur two. I've actually seen Carnosaur two. <laughs> some <laughs> some Phantasm and Ooh, the Heat Phantasm. of the Night. Um, yeah, but I definitely think recognizing him he was in dragnet um crash and burn he was in six different episodes of six different people in fantasy island i I always love that why can't they do that more now (laughs) that never happens anymore no murder she wrote like once you're once you're a corpse on law and order you're never back on law and order again um, I don't think that's the case because, like, I've listened to um, That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast, mm-hmm. and they talk about, like, people, you know, playing multiple, multiple corpses. Pa- not corpses, but multiple parts, even someone who's, like, the murderer, and then, then they're a DA. Richard Riley is one of the detectives? I did not recognize him at all. Oh, my goodness. Um, you would probably... Is he the jump to the conclusions, Matt Yes, he's guy. the jump to conclusions, <laughs> Matt guy. I literally was thinking about that the other day. I don't know I did know not recognize why. him at all as one of the detectives. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I've been researching this movie for a week, and I'm just figuring this out. <laughs> that's hilarious. I am so happy about that. Yeah, the from Office Space, guys. But yeah, that's definitely where I recognize that guy. He's the bad guy in Adventures of Babysitting. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so can you just whip your dick out at an acupuncture appointment? Well, I wouldn't think you could, but she didn't whip a dick out. She whipped all sorts of stuff out. Yeah, but I still, like you said, uh, societal contract, I think whipping the dick out is more of an impact than a naked woman. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, I, I, as for like NPA laws too, right? 
I mean, I think that it says more about a movie or a movie gets rated differently if you see like a full frontal dick versus full frontal woman. I think so. I think so. Which is that's I'm not making I'm not making a judgment call on that. I think that they they should have some equal weight one way or the other. But I mean, Madonna went to Instagram jail the other day for showing a couple of pictures where you could see her nipple. And I mean, she was. Her, her big response, like she reposted them all with, you know, with little heart stickers over them or whatever. She's like, I've had six children. Like, there's nothing sexual about them anymore. That's not true. She wouldn't have posted them if she didn't think there was something sexual about them. I know, I know. So but... I think that does protest too much. <laughs> she does not think any part of her is unsexual when she is putting it out into the world. Mm. I, I mean, that's great. I'm not saying any judgment, but I'm saying I'm saying that you can't you don't fault put her something logic, into the you world. You can fault her motivation. Yes, a hundred percent. I would say that most people do not put a picture out into the world if they don't think it is good. <laughs> but so, yes, it is super, 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 super unethical to allow a client to disrobe in front of you in pretty much any sort of medical or that's what i would have thought so pretty much every medical board every licensure board everything i can find from massage therapy to i mean i did the you you search like you know disrobing at masseuse and all of a sudden you get all these like rub maps arguments (laughs) yeah 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 and speaking of which an, uh, an office i used to work at had a a an occupant on the rug map underneath yeah. us in the same building. Well, was she like an executive therapist or something, something like that? Something, but there was a lot of very expensive cars in the parking lot. And I remember this kid, and again, I'm talking about a guy who just graduated from college. Like, I don't really understand. Like, they have these expensive cars. Like, why do they need... I was like, that doesn't mean that they're like good people. <laughs> just because they have a Maserati does not mean that they are have high morals. We never actually paid for the rub map service to see if she was what her reviews were but uh you could see enough on the free to know she was shaved so at least there's that she had a really cute blind dog she did though, have a really cute blind dog she was, so dog. Nice she was very nice i mean and she seemed like she was probably a lovely person yeah and, and that has something to do with it i mean she was running a business and apparently she got the word out there that's what she was know. trying to do but yeah the dog was adorable she's she on had the bottom help. floor of an old la quinta or something <laughs> whatever it was it's what it, it's what it seemed like yeah it was not an office building originally. No, it, no, was, it was a not. motel. It was, yeah. It had breezeways. <laughs> <laughs> but so, actually, got into a really dark hole of. Of course, the, you did. The history of disrobing in front of doctors that mm. until the 1800s was considered extraordinarily icky by doctors. <laughs> they like they didn't want to look at some naked woman. <laughs> like, found um. Uh, Actually found a uh, French physician, uh, René Lanier, Lenoc, maybe, uh, was treating a young woman with heart disease in 1816, and he needed to hear her heart, but he found the only way she was a, a large woman, and so the traditional kind of poke, poke, poke techniques were not getting a heartbeat, and but he found that if he held his ear up to her chest, that he could hear her heartbeat, but found the practice inadmissible. Inadmissible. <laughs> inadmissible. Uh, so he invented the, the stethoscope. Well, there you go. From someone's disgust um, <laughs> comes a useful a useful tool. But so, yes, yeah, so as far as eighteen twelve, like there was no there were no exams that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, so no. there we go. Something good comes out of just sheer ridiculousness. But yeah, I was I was so happy to just 
stumble across that, the, the autobiography of him. Um, snorting Asian medication. Okay, a peonies. Yeah, there's uh, peony is not snorted or well in soft, if you will. Or, you know. Well, but that's what they were talking about in the movie. Like they were say, saying yes. her powder was basically that she had like foreign BC um, that they were thinking was co- cocaine. Right. Like her vagina was too powerful for standard menstrual <laughs> cramp medicine. So she had to use peony root through her nose. Right. Apparently. I know that. Menstrual cramps don't happen in your vagina, I, guys. <laughs> but it seemed like the thing to say at the time. She's yeah. There's some sort of weird comment being made that she's like so sexual that standard medicine does not apply. <laughs> Just to go, go like, you know, to, to, to for her vagina to release, she has to go get all sorts of ancient Asian secret medicine. It's crazy. Uh, so I found a 9th century Persian manuscript that uh, a translation was probably <laughs> sketchy at best. Y'all, welcome to my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> but um, some medicines have been, some Asian medicines are are snorted. Um, actually, uh, coffee for epilepsy. Interesting. I'm like, so you can snort coffee? I'm, I'm starting to think here. <laughs> I'm sure there is. I I would imagine you cannot snort tradi- coffee, just traditional Pike's Place Starbucks the way it is presented at this moment. Um, I would. Think I, I'm so. guessing it probably has to have a different type of grind on it. Probably, maybe more like that Javalier. Javalier 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 stuff is very powdery and fine versus like the kind of more medium grind <laughs> that but Starbucks is. But it brought me back to uh, the faculty. Have you seen that? Yes. And Josh Hartnett's character is selling drugs that everybody thinks is cocaine, but it's actually just caffeine. Oh. That they're snorting out of fountain pens because it's the big thing that, like, if you dehydrate the aliens, they die. Or are they aliens or... I think they're, I think they're I aliens. Know. Yeah, I think that's right. But, yeah, like, that's how they ha- they have these fountain pens full of caffeine powder. That's, like, how they fight off the aliens. Hmm. I always thought, like, surely snorting caffeine pills isn't a thing, but... I'm gonna have to look into that. That might be a better delivery system midday for coffee if you're really needing. I don't think that's gonna be a good look. <laughs> Just in the back. <laughs> I don't think that that's a good look for anybody. <laughs> uh, murder laws in Oregon. Right. So whether she would be truly considered a murderer or man, you know, manslaughter being more of a thing because what she technically... So Oregon Code uh, 163.005, criminal homicide. Mm-hmm. Person commits homicide if, without justification or excuse, the person intentionally, knowingly, recklessly, or with criminal negligence causes the death of another human being. Then that technically... That, I would say that's that it, applies. It applies. But we have murder in the first. Mm-hmm. And so it uh, is criminal homicide but there has to be money exchanged like someone was paid to do the murder really someone paid someone else to do the murder uh was having been convicted previously of aggravated murder so if you've murdered somebody before and you kill someone that it's so automatically it's, ar- it's already degree. in your in your brain so yes. that you've already one murder victim in the same criminal episode or more than one murder mm-hmm. victim in the same criminal episode Homicide occurred as a course of intentional maiming or torture. The victim of the intentional homicide was a person under the age of 14. The person was a police officer, a correctional officer, a member of the Oregon State Police, 
a judicial officer, a juror or witness in a criminal proceeding, an employee or office of a court, a member of the state bill of uh, parole or pardon, a regulatory specialist, the defendant was confined in a state, county, or municipal penal or correctional facility and was in custody. Uh, defendant created murder by means of an explosive device. And uh, that's about so it, to ke- conceal a crime. That's odd because that nowhere does that say like premeditated. And I thought that was the definition of first degree murder. Um, I mean, the, uh, making it an explosive device, I would imagine is premeditated, but... Those all seem like the people that you're killing are more the definition of the first degree. The, the last little bit is all one. It's all like section G. Is, Got is it. All like the, like, so I, I see what they're trying to do there. I, I see. But uh, I really don't think this is murder in the first degree. I not Not by what we're used to seeing in other things. Like usually first degree murder... I, from the experience of me reading things and listening to true crime and researching stuff, like the difference is premeditation. Like you came with the intent to kill this person. Um, And some of those seem to me like they could be considered uh, second degree or manslaughter um, because because it seems like situational is more of what it should be than some of these definitions. That's interesting. It was like second degree says when it's committed intentionally. So that's that probably they might have been able to get her under second uh, second degree murder. Yeah, definitely no first well, degree. Well, I wouldn't have thought that second degree would be intentional. That's completely the opposite of what I've always thought. First degree is intentional. Second degree is. I think it's first degree is generally considered premeditated, mm-hmm. whereas second degree is if someone snaps or heat of passion or. Right, but that could be that doesn't mean intentional that you intentionally killed someone. That could be you snapped and you bodily harm that co- that the person dies that wasn't necessarily your intent right right Inter- that that's strange i wonder yeah, so if that's I, I really I'm, I'm thinking the criminal proceedings on this maybe not we're not 100 percent accurate to uh to current trial law in oregon no but it seems more more in line first degree per that definition than what i would see the traditional definition of first degree but yeah i still think I think the cocaine is the only thing that matters in this trial. I think, like, the body of evidence, like her effing him to death. I, I have I still to stop. Think I have is. to stop shaking my head and nodding. Um, I really do. Sorry, guys. I've I've been very expressive behind this mic, and you have no idea. But I mean, they've got some great reasonable doubt on the cocaine. First, oh, oh, yeah. I mean, the, reason, the, the cocaine is one hundred thousand percent reasonable doubted up. So. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like just like the the sex. Nah, I'm not I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. Um I looked up how much does a houseboat cost? <laughs> but is is it really a houseboat? It is, it looks more substantial than a boat. I actually found some some things that look kind of like that. Okay. And they are probably 3 to 12 million dollars. That seems right. It mm-hmm. that was grandiose. It, it was very much so, very much so. But I was able to find things that were called a houseboat, things with a couple of rooms. As low as three hundred thousand dollars. I was surprised that they were that reasonable. Now, nothing I could find under eight hundred and fifty thousand had pictures. Some of them had diagrams, but there were no, <laughs> there were no pictures. So that makes me worry yeah. about the state. I kind of feel like houseboating probably hit its zenith in eighty three ish. Right. I think that's probably true. So yeah. So I, you can buy a houseboat for cheaper than I thought, but I don't want to live on it. Well, especially if they don't want to send you pictures. Yes. Pictures or it didn't happen. 
Right. You were talking about Hef's secretary. Yeah, we did talk about Hef's secretary. We just, in, in reference that they keep talking about this secretary or... being like, we were, I was his secretary for six years. Like, I don't think six years is that long. Like to have built some sort of like a substantial relationship that goes beyond you're just running errands. Because this was not like, it was potentially a business secretary, but also seemed like a personal assistant. Mm-hmm. So Hugh Hefner had two executive secretaries in his life. Okay. Um, I was able to, there's a lot about the story of Bobby Arnstein in the podcast that I was listening to. I haven't been able to get as much about Mary O'Connor. I think Mary O'Connor is probably the one you're thinking of. Okay. Uh, but I mean, we we talk about maligned women of history. So I thought, let's go in on, on, I mean, Mary O'Connor, she seems like a delight. She kind of seems like a den mother dressed like the Queen of England, just in every picture of him and the playmate just for, for 40 years. And I know were, like one of them shows up in the, like some of the girl next door stuff. I think that's, that's Mary O'Connor. Okay. Yeah. And, and she just seems like an absolute delight. And, and I would have loved to have gotten to know her. She's not with us anymore. But, uh, but and I think, you know, Hef said that at, at, at her funeral that it was, you know, the, truly the, the loss of his life's greatest relationship and mm-hmm. so. that's what it seemed like like that's when you talk about like a powerful man and like that's what i'm talking about like the the woman that like can is not any other woman right if you if this woman who has been having sex with him because i would imagine most likely like like the relationship with hef like the difference is that this is a woman that he's not had sex with mm-hmm. this is a woman who is held apart is held above um and whose opinion that he cares about and who has the ability to call him on his shit and you know when she's when this when ann archer is talking about being his his secretary for six years like no she was his girlfriend and then he just kind of held her around and she did some menial stuff like she did not hold a role of importance like that's that's no i don't know what that role is is the role mother is the role Best friend, dude, bro. I don't know what's I don't with know the what... long-standing relationship, yeah. like Hef's relationship. I think it's probably all of the above. Um, you know, it, it's someone that like he respects, unlike any. And in, in, in a world with a man who does not really respect women, this is a woman who is gonna call, who calls him out, and he responds. But I do want to go into Bobby Arnstein just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, she. Started working for Hefner, uh, became his executive secretary. Her longtime boyfriend killed in a car crash. And then she just sort of went full on Playboy lifestyle. Just mm. finding every young little boy toy she could find and, and just living living the mansion life. Uh, she was a, uh, they took a trip to Miami with Ron Scharf, her boy toy at the time in 1972. Uh, while there, he made a minor cocaine purchase and just never thought anything of it. In 1974, two years later, she's arrested for cocaine trafficking. Because he bought cocaine during that trip? Yes, yes. Um, in 1975, or late 1974, November, she is convicted and sentenced to 15 years. Oh, wow. Um, Sharp, the guy that actually did the, the, the other two people that were involved in the transaction... Uh, both sentenced to six. That seems right. So, yeah, so DEA agents offered that if she would flip on Hefner and say that Hefner had ordered it, that they would make her sentence go away. But it doesn't, I mean, I don't know any facts of the case, but it doesn't sound like Hef had anything to do with it. I think Nixon wanted Hef out. Of course And Nixon was willing to do just about, just about anything. But so, dark turn on January 19th. Uh, she 
was supposed to report for sen- for jail on January 20th. On January 19th, she was found in her hotel room with an envelope that said, this is another one of those boring suicide notes Aww. on the thing. So, yeah. And if you ever watch, if, if you guys get a chance, go watch Hef's uh, press release or his uh, media conference after her. I've never seen him, like, so angry he's spitting <laughs> before. Is not the composed and kind of genial grandpa, the, the the genial weird Viagra, you know, bad touch grandpa. But still, you know. Well, that doesn't come to later because he's in the seventies. He's actually kind of still considered probably virile. But but yeah, his 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 press conference after her death is vicious towards the DEA and Nixon. So well, good. That's, that's something that sounds appropriate. Yeah, yeah. Um, when affairs begin. Okay. We talked about like the, like what is an affair. I mean, in 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 the whole thing with like Julianne Moore. And... Well, we're talking about like, like is it is it sex? Is it love? Is it what like what is the psychology of an affair? And I've actually found a couple psycho psychological texts about it. Mm-hmm. General consensus is it's about fantasy, not love. That someone's kind. Of, it's a that. Um, Someone who has a deep need for external validation. Well, that sounds like why. Well, yeah, like, exactly. Like, why do affairs happen? It, it generally is not because someone falls in love with someone else. That's. It, it seems to be all about the excitement. Yeah, that 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 seems right. I mean, it, and then that that falls in line with the the dumb, the dumbest response of like it has nothing to do with you, um, but. Which someone like irrationally believes that when they say it, um, you know, when Willem Dafoe is saying that to Julian, more like, I don't want to lose you. This has nothing to do with you. It's like, um, I'm sorry, fuck you. Like, <laughs> um, but like, I, I think what he is saying is the truth, but still, who cares? Like, that's it doesn't the, matter. It like, doesn't matter, but it, it's the truth, but it doesn't matter. Like, it do, it's the truth to them who is someone who is living a fantasy, exactly. Someone who is exited themselves from reality right like, it's, i was just excited well you you ruined all this because you were excited yeah know? like good good on you good job way to go bro congrats madonna's mole yes it's still there it's just covered in a lot of makeup oh okay and it's always been accentuated by got makeup when, when you notice it it's because she's she's full-on mascara that fool got it okay so it's it's never really been that black got it okay She's um, Marie Antoinette. She she's Marie Antoinette era. Um, exactly, exactly. You know. um, so the last bit I have, or a print from the time, as uh, so we talked about the Vanity Fair with Madonna in it. We mm-hmm. talked about the sex book a lot. I found an interview at Vanity Fair uh, where she was on the set of Sliver with Sharon Stone. Just hanging out. Well, she's she's in Sliver. Oh, Madonna is. No, 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 no. Sharon Stone is. Sorry, sorry. Madonna is not in this. I was just looking through Vanity Fair of the years. Okay. And, and Sharon Stone is something of a got it. Someone yes. we care about on our podcast. Correct. Uh, but she was talking about Catherine Trammell, the character from uh, Basic Instinct. Mm-hmm. I love this quote. I'm not her. Smart people know I'm not her, but even smarter people know I can be her if I need to be. <laughs> That's nice. I like I that. I love that quote. She's also talking about trying to pick out a bra for a sex scene. She's like, I don't mind taking my bra off in the sex scene, but I'd just, 
rather not <laughs> trying to find a bra that will be interesting enough that nobody will think to ask her to take it off. So <laughs> it just, just doesn't want to be bothered with it, you know. It, it is inconvenient. I know. Um, I was looking for uh, the Sex in the Cinema this year, mm-hmm. and I went on. I think Sex in the Cinema is usually in November. I went on October first on accident. October features the Calvin Klein, Kate Moss obsession ad. Oh yeah, that my neighbor Bob had hanging on his wall in his bedroom, and I have. Like, how do your parents not kill you for that? <laughs> I do not understand. Pause. How old is Bob? Because Bob is not a teenager name. Um, not in the 80s. Bob's dad was no longer in the picture. Mm-hmm. And Bob had a much, 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 I think he was 60 at the time when we were 12, stepdad, mm-hmm. whose name was also Robert. Mm-hmm. And he was not a fan. I think Robert tried to... I, I don't know the you know, the entire family dynamics, but tried to set a lot of rules without really trying to aid in emotional well-being and development. So just tried to be like a hard ass without being a dad. Sort of, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, at least that's what Bob, that's how Bob felt. And if you're feeling that way, maybe there's some, I mean, there's could be some fire where there's some smoke. Right. And so he decided one day, he was like, I should have a different name. And, and I said, well, you can be Bob <laughs> so for the next. So you named him Bob? Yes. <laughs> I mean, Rob, Robbie, like all of those are like prime 80s names. Bob is my grandfather's name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he went with it, though. It was I great. mean, even like my grandfather and my uncle are both Roberts. My grandfather was Bob. My uncle at 75 years old is still Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> so i mean but yeah so he had that hanging up on his wall i'll never to this to this day i never know how his his parents were as as religious and as strict as mine and i, I don't know how that was allowed I, I never never would have thought to try something like that to see what <laughs> happened pushing those boundaries i know i know uh but that issue of in october of that year had Rhonda shear and jenny mccarthy Oh, wow. It, that is. Those are some ladies that make <laughs> do some things later on. Yes, definitely. Definitely. We might have to we might have to go back, circle back to Rhonda Shear at some point in this, in this right. podcast. Right. Jenny McCarthy is a dirty word. Yes, definitely. Definitely. We don't do anti-vaxxing in these parts. Well, they do plenty of anti-vaxxing well, in these parts, in this, but in this household. In this, if you're going to live under my roof... <laughs> Uh, so I've got Playboy's Sex in Cinema pulled up here. Um, so we've got, I don't know this at all, Damage with Juliette Binoche and Jeremy Irons. No, I mean, that sounds very slightly European of the time. I mean, we've already visited this because this is the year of Basic Instinct. Um, well, this is the year after Basic Instinct. This is 93. Okay. We visited 92 because 92 was all about uh Batman returns. right it really oh that's right it didn't really get into basic instinct no. so we a already, year later we have all of the parodies of basic instinct okay the uh I think it's lethal weapon and national lampoons or not lethal weapon national lampoons loaded weapon we talked about that as being the first it's got Emilio Estevez and it's the first one they stopped making movies and just sold their name to other companies right and I think the other one might be a uh, a naked gun Okay. A spoof that just actually has a beaver. That's clever, you know. Oh, an actual beaver. Like an actual beaver crossing and uncrossing its legs in the Got scene. Got it. 
We've got Sharon Stone in Sliver. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, Sean Young spoofing Body Heat for the, the Fatal uh, inst- Fatal Instinct, I think is what it was called. We've, we've already got spoofs of erotic thrillers. <laughs> it happens very fast. Yeah, we've got Single White Female. We've got, um, I don't know most of these foreign ones. This one here on the right. Mm-hmm. Boxing Helena. I've told you about this one. Before, I've heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That this was like a late night cable that I happened across when I was too young, and it's really friggin' creepy. And it is, I think, like crazy surgeon is amputating ladies' parts to keep him from to keep her from running away. And it is my face is extreme at this uh, moment. Yeah, it like, is wild. That that so torture porn basically of some sort. I, I don't know, but. We just happened to read across this. The girl that's in this is Nicolette Scorsese. That's the oh. that's the dream shop girl from Christmas Vacation that we were just watching. Oh, well, so, there you go. Yeah. And then we have Madonna burning Willem Dafoe's dick off. Mm-hmm. And so they, they made a full she, page. She didn't burn it off. She just made it. She just made a candle. <laughs> it was artistic. I don't know. I'm... Something about lighting that wick just. <laughs> just, I just don't think I could do that as a man. I'm sorry. It's fine. I mean, I don't want a dick candle. It's, <gasps> no. I'm gonna find you a dick candle for for Valentine's Day. Sorry, if it's already on order, you can cancel it. <laughs> I'm sure I can find something. We we were at the bachelorette party, capital of the world. I can find you a dick candle. I didn't ask for one. I said I didn't want one. All right. Is, is that if it's unsolicited dick candles? How's that? What's that on consent? I don't know, but I but it's it's beyond unsolicited when I say like I do not want a dick candle. So what we you have say- too many candles. I don't know what to do with candles. We have cats. Like we can't really light candles. Well. We we definitely don't need one that just protrudes. I've talked a lot. Where the hell do you want to go from here, babe? I think we've done it. Okay, so next week, what do you want to do? I mean, we've kind of gone into all sorts of different directions. You want to do Highlander three? No, I really don't. <laughs> I really don't. No, no, no. We don't have to watch Highlander. I don't know. You want to pull something out of one of let's, the cigar boxes of Doom, or let, yeah, let's let's let's, let's let fate dealers, decide. Dealer's choice. I don't remember which box is '80s and which box is '90s. Doesn't matter. Let's just know. pick one. Hey, everybody! Quick editor's note: We had originally pulled American Gigolo with Richard Gere out of the box here, and it seemed like that would be a fine movie to do on this podcast. But we were thinking maybe about doing something that resonated a little more with us. Uh, after dinner, we cracked open a nice bottle of champagne, and Jenny said, "I want to do Pretty Woman." And Jenny is the sexiest, most badass podcast co-host, wife, and boss that I can ever possibly imagine. And so we're going to do exactly what she said. All right. So wrapping this one up, body of evidence. Yeah. Don't be afraid of of Zach's disclaimer. It's just funny. It's fun. We had a good time talking about it. It, it goes, it gets wacky. And so, yeah, check us out on Forbidden Cinema on Instagram. Shoot us an email, Forbidden Cinema podcast at gmail.com. Let us know, you know, what's what's on your horizon. What are you doing when, when you get snowed in? What, what is your winter stir crazy go to's? Um, and we will be watching Pretty Woman and talk about it next week. Here we go. We started this thing snowed in. Now we here did. we are snowed in again. I mean, none of us has coronavirus, but <laughs> I don't know. By the time you hear this, maybe we all do. Who knows? Let's not worry about it. All right, guys. Have a good week. We will see you next week with Pretty Woman. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.